Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. And again, thank you for listening, subscribing, downloading. I really appreciate it. And if you missed the episode on Monday, I highly suggest you go back and listen to it because today's episode is in continuation of my talk with Dr. Brett Kastenbaum. So if you're not familiar with Brett, he's the co-founder of NewGroundPhysicalTherapy.com, a website that provides tools and resources to help the transition from student to practitioner, and CovalentCareers.com, a technology whose mission is to make on-demand employment for healthcare professionals possible. Brett is dedicated to helping physical therapists find success and fulfillment in their careers, and I think that was definitely on hand in part one of our conversation, which aired Monday, May 8th, so if you missed it, head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and listen to part one. And it was such a huge, we had such a great conversation that we had to split it into two because it was just way, way, way too long for one podcast. No one wants to sit through an hour and a half long podcast. I guess, unless it's Serial or S-Town. So today's podcast is a continuation of our chat. And today we discuss high burnout among new grad physical therapists, which is really, really sad to hear, and alternative career avenues with this expertise. Uh, We talk about goal setting to establish a foundation for success, meditation as a secret weapon to enhance your focus, and Brett's best advice to a new physical therapy graduate to achieve success. And we also did a little bit of coaching. He coached me. I coached him. Um, it was good. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. And it, towards the end, it just felt like we weren't even recording anymore. Like we were just uh, two physical therapists, two people trying to do our best to help each other and support each other. And in the end, that's kind of what it's all about. So I really want to thank Brett for toughing it out and having a really long conversation and allowing me to give him some some advice. And, and I thank him for giving me a lot of great advice as, as well. So again, if you missed part one, head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and listen to part one because it's really good. Um, And then I know it kind of ended abruptly, but I just didn't know where to cut it. So I just cut it in the place that I thought was best. And so today you're going to literally get just like continuation um, of the podcast from uh, Monday. So a big thanks to Brett Kastenbaum and thank you again to all of you for tuning in and listening and enjoy. You know, and, and you hear a lot of new grads with that burnout pretty quick. There's a, it's what I'm seeing because I speak to, to tons and tons of students and new graduates and, and I guess I'm not seasoned enough to say how long it took in the past. Uh, but I have also spoken to more seasoned therapists. But what I'm seeing is the burnouts happening extremely quickly. And um, I don't know if it's because of the type of person who decides to go into physical therapy now. I do believe that there is a shift in the type of person who goes into physical therapy. I think that 
there's a lot more people who have both creative and business backgrounds that are going into PT now that weren't in the past, likely because of the whole, hey, we all graduated from college in 2008, 2007, 2009, whatever it may be. And if you were in business, you couldn't find a job. Impossible. Mm. Um, or if you did, you were going to get paid $20 a day or something mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. And that made people reconsider their careers and what they were going to do. And then they saw PT. And, you know, when they graduated, they realized like, hey, you know, maybe patient care is not for me. Maybe, you know, what did I do here? And, and uh, what I'm finding is a lot of people are feeling trapped. Now, I kind of want to go into two points here. One being, if you feel that way, it's important to confront it. And there's avenues for you. There's avenues for you both as a clinician, as a physical therapist, and as a practitioner. And there's avenues for you that, that aren't necessarily physical, you know, patient care, but that require the knowledge that you've gathered over the years um, in PT school, in treating patients, the expertise that you have uh, for other things. Um, for instance, my background as a physical therapist, I don't treat patients anymore um, because when I was treating patients, I loved it. I was in the hospital. I absolutely loved it. I thought that when families came in and I did something and the families are crying and thanking me and, and, and really, really appreciative of what I did, you know, I, I found that to be fantastic. But what resonated with me in my life was I want to be able to inspire and change people on a bigger scale and more people at a time. And I knew for me that meant to be on the internet, uh, doing a lot of the stuff that I described earlier, getting involved in social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I obviously had to transition out of patient care because I realized that I needed to utilize all of my focus. If I wanted to do this great, I needed to put 100% of my focus and time into it, and that meant sacrificing on the patient care side. But there's avenues out there for you if if you if patient care is not the way uh, is not what you want to do specifically. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, and. On the other side, on the flip side of things, there's also avenues within patient care and within the performance. So you can think about starting your own business, starting your own practice. Uh, fantastic avenue. Now, the whole cash pay movement is, is extremely, extremely important to learn about. Please, if you are a new clinician, if you are a student, understanding cash pay, uh, cash pay PT, understanding the fact that you do not need to work under a uh, reimbursement-based model, very, very important. Also, patient care is more than just caring for patients. You can also be doing stuff in the performance areas. So you are a leading expert in movement as a physical therapist. That, that's what you've spent all your time doing. Uh, if you are a creative, if you are, are someone who likes business, utilize that. Think about these things in terms of businesses. One of the, one of the ideas I had during school had to do with golf. I realized that typically golfers are, are more wealthy people, you know, and they have time on their hands and they spend money. So I was thinking about uh, creating a business around uh, golf performance and, and golf rehab and those type of things. So that would have been the other direction that I would have gone if I didn't go into this realm. Uh, but there's avenues out there for you. Uh, don't feel stuck. And, um, that's what I got on that subject. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think it's important to keep yourself open to creative solutions mm -hmm. because there's definitely things out there for everyone and you can utilize that physical therapy degree in a lot of different ways. Um, do you get any flack for not seeing patients anymore? Not too much. I, I think because 
first off, I don't represent myself as a master clinician. When, when anybody asks me for advice about patients, I always refer to the experts. I always refer to somebody else who's, who's within. And I think that people appreciate that because somebody needs to do the job of, of networking and being able to say, you know, hey, Susie, um, thank you for your question. Let me refer you to John. He's really been working in orthopedics for eight years now. He's fantastic. He'll speak to you about the things that you need to speak to, so forth and so on. So I think that I don't get the, the, the flack for it because what I feel, you know, I feel that my role is important as well, which is either connecting people with the individuals who they need to be connected with, and then also trying to develop these technologies so that all professionals will be able to find the careers that they want in their lives. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. So let's see. I feel like we've covered a lot here, Um, but let's finish on, well, two things. I have a question to ask at, at the end, but let's finish on what does success look like? That's, so that is probably one of the most interesting questions in the world. And success can look like anything that you desire. And that can mean if, if you're, you, you have to first set your goals, you have to look deep inside yourself and, you know, kind of side tangent. One of the best ways to do that is by practicing meditation, calming your mind and really, you know, Uh, listening to the deeper parts of yourself. But that aside, you have to set your goals. You cannot have success without goals because success by definition pretty much is the achievement of some goal in some way. And if you are a person who your goal is to, you know, have a very relaxed life where um, you don't want to put too much, you want to have a a work-life balance, then success for you might be um, having a job where you can spend time with your family and doing that day in and day out. Um, Or success to you might be financial. You might decide that your goal is to make a million dollars by the time you're 50 years old or have a million dollars in your bank account. And that could be success to you. But success Success is a personal feeling. It's a personal feeling that nobody can give you and that nobody can define for you except for you yourself. So what is your definition of success? The success in my life is being able to build something that will be impactful for people on a large scale. So what I'm trying to do is create new technologies that will help make the careers of healthcare professionals more fulfilling by decreasing the amount of times that you get into the wrong place right off the bat. Because a lot of times, what do we find? We find people either settle for jobs, they settle for career paths that they don't necessarily enjoy because, again, we go back to that fear. You get you graduate from school, you've got all this debt, um, and you take a job and you just settle, and then you get into you kind of fall into this momentum of dissatisfaction because you've you've started somewhere that you don't want to start so you've already put yourself on that track now there's all sorts of ways to get out of that track which is change your mindset you know look at it as an opportunity to learn and to to grow towards what you do want etc etc but a lot of people fall into kind of this downward spiral and really don't find fulfillment in their careers so for me success looks like developing what can help people find that fulfillment in their careers much, much earlier in life from both the information side and from the technology side. 
and hopefully doing it on a large enough scale where, where I can feel that it's had an impact on the profession as a whole and has a trickle down uh, to generations to come. But so that's sort of, that's more of a goal, right? But mm-hmm. what does success mean to you? So outside of the goal, what does success mean to me? Yeah, like so for instance, success to me means being to being able to do what I want to do on a daily basis mm-hmm. without having to do the things I hate to do. Yep. You know what yeah. I mean? So sure. looking at it from a deeper perspective, so taking out, well, this is my goal because what you just said was a goal. Yep. What does success really mean for you in your life and as a person and as an individual? Yeah, that's super interesting. And I've always kind of modeled this off my grandfather who I respected like, you know, completely in my life. He was kind of this guy who anytime you see him, he would just start smiling and laughing and he would always just bring up your spirits. And success to me meant feeling peace day in and day out just from being alive. That was the only thing that I've set my that I've set my true mind, my my deepest mind upon, um, in, in anything that I've ever done. And when the goals come into it, and this is kind of super philosophical, but we as a as a species now, as a society, have um, created these psychological traps within ourselves. Um, there they get. I guess uh, if you watch the show Westworld, oh, yeah. you know, there's the maze, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the psychological human trap or whatever, however you want to describe it. But um, what that brings us to is, is this, this state where we have created an image or we've created these goals that um, we need to achieve before we feel that we can feel X, Y, or Z. Now, I'm not sure if that's a positive, if it's a negative, whatever it may be. Maybe it's just this, the state of things. Um, but for me, I've felt that I need to, to achieve these goals in my life to be able to feel that peace and that, that satisfaction and that in, you know, day in and day out, whatever, before I can even allow myself to feel it. Now, that's, where the, you know, that's the whole trick. Uh, it's like that's, that's, if, yeah, that, that's interesting. You know, like tomorrow I should, th- I should technically be able to wake up and feel that peace and that, that satisfaction, right? That, that just complete, ah, you know, I, 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 the world is the most beautiful place just because it is, just because it, it exists. And, um, Hey, in theory, I would love to feel that, but I can't, I can't honestly say to you or anybody else, like, that's how I feel every single morning. Well, um, no. and so then, yeah. so then the question becomes is what if that goal, which is a lofty goal, it, what if mm-hmm. that's not met 20, now, 30 great... years from now? Would you say uh, my life was a waste because <laughs> I'm not, um, it, my definition of success was not met, therefore I was not successful when in fact you may be successful. But if that a... one goal of I didn't impact, you know, yep. as many people as I wanted to impact. That's an excellent question. And I think that the Sorry answer is. Sorry to get is... all psychological. No, I... I mean, that's, this is the subject that I love. You know, I love philosophy. I mean, I listen to Alan Watts. Have you ever listened to Alan Watts? Mm-hmm. He's one, he's made, you know, one of the biggest impacts on my life. And, um, I, a lot of the way I think comes from a lot of his, uh, philosophy. Basically he brought, um, Eastern philosophy to the West because he was able to describe it in a way that resonated with Western, um, culture. 
And he does it so well, kind of like Richard Feynman describes uh, the, the processes of light and metaphysics and Albert Einstein, same type of thing. They were able to make very, very complex subjects uh, very easy to understand. He does that with philosophy, religion, all that stuff. Um, but I think that my answer is I can only describe how I feel today, and I can't describe a potential way that I would feel about something in the future. So if I really think deeply about it and I think, okay, if my only goal is to be at peace, to be whatever, then eventually I'm going to feel it regardless if I, I achieve this superficial goal or not. And is that a belief? I, yes. So it's a deep belief for me, but I cannot allow that to be a surface belief because the more that you allow noise to get between you and whatever picture that you place in your mind that you want to achieve, the harder it is to achieve and the less likely it will become. People talk about you know, these principles of like what you believe and can conceive and you can achieve because they're super true. They are super, super true. And the big thing that stops people is the fact that they can't get enough clarity about they, what they want because their minds and society and everything around them are making a ton of noise in all sorts of different directions. And that's why I describe meditation as a super important tool because it calms all that. It allows you to really listen to yourself and really listen to what's important to yourself because there's a lot going on in these brains. You know, who, who knows what's going on in here? But one thing I do know is that from everything that I've experienced in my life, from everything that I've, I've done, these principles are, are very real. And the, the, the harder you can concentrate, I shouldn't say harder because, you know, this is all supposed to be very soft. You know, the, the more clearly you can concentrate on something and the more clearly you can imagine a picture of, of something that you want to achieve, the more likely it will be to come true. Because what's going to happen is you're going to start taking actions in that direction. It's going to consume you as opposed to those thoughts of like, you know, oh, I'm so afraid to cross the road or uh, I wonder what this person's thinking about me or whatever those other negative thoughts may be. Those will disappear. They're not going to disappear completely, but they're going to be drowned out by those other thoughts of I want that, you know, everything that you think is going to be pointed in that direction of that clear picture that you have in your mind. Yeah, it's it's like if you kind of put it out into the universe and and I found what I found is that you know I put things out into the universe, I write them down, I have a vision board, I have, you know, that I really take seriously. So in the beginning of the year, I actually kind of wrote down like huge goals and mm -hmm. and what it would take to to meet those goals and what if what my dream life would be in x amount of years. And then I take that and I try and then implement that onto a vision board. And then, you know, if, when I meditate, it's not like I'm meditating on a specific thing. I've kind of followed Sharon Salzberg's. I don't know if you know Sharon Salzberg, um, but she's awesome. Anyway, she's uh, she's here in New York City, but she's also pretty well known around the world. Um, she does a lot of meta um, meditations. Mm -hmm. or um which which I quite enjoy so she does more like um loving kindness meditations so, so big which, principle yeah which is really great because then you can cuz sometimes I know for me 
it can be kind of hard to allow yourself to feel that loving kindness for yourself. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so what she usually recommends is that when you're meditating that you focus on someone else. Because I still remember I focused the one time, this was a couple years ago when I was meditating and I still remember it. I was focusing on my life coach who I hadn't worked with in a while, but you know, she was a huge part of my life right around like, anyway, uh, when I was having some chronic pain issues. Um, sure. So she was a big part of, of that healing time for me. And so I did, a, I was at a guided meditation with Sharon at a workshop, like one of those all day meditation workshops. And we did a loving kindness meditation. She's like, okay, you know, let's start with yourself. And she's like, if you can't start with yourself, then start with the person who pops into your head. And Lori popped into my head. And so I did a loving kindness meditation for her. And then it was so much easier to turn it on myself. And then you turn it on to the world, you know, and you can mm -hmm. say a lot of different things. I don't know if you've ever done these sort of mantra ones where, you know, you can say, I wish you health. I wish you happiness. I wish you a life of ease. And you always kind of end with a life of ease. You know, you can wish love, you can wish whatever. And you just kind of keep repeating that mantra. And for me, that repetition helps with my meditation. Yep. Um, because my why I mean, your mind's going to wander a, a thousand times in a 20 minute meditation <laughs> sure. and you just have to acknowledge it and then gently bring yourself back. I mean, that's, that's the practice, right? Yep. But the crazy part was when I meditated on Lori it was so weird because I hadn't spoken to her in like a year, you know, like one-on-one -on -one, she called me Yeah. like the insane. next day. And I was like, what just happened? Like, this is crazy, crazy. If that stuff happened, like. Every once in a while, then I would just think, okay, coincidence or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it happens t way too often. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, she, when she called, I was like, what? I was like, I just did a meditation yesterday, like a loving kindness meditation, and you popped into my head first. And, you know, it, anyway, I, so bottom line is, I guess for all the listeners out there, is start meditating. And there's a lot of books, there's classes, there's, um, apps for that? Would you use any mm -hmm. of the apps like Headspace or Mindfulness or anything like that or no? Are you, uh, are you a master would. meditator at this point? <laughs> I'm 100% not a master meditator by any count of, of uh, the practice. I actually, it's unfortunate. I've become way worse at meditating over the last two or three years because my mind is so crowded, so noisy with a lot of different things, you know, uh, setting lofty goals, um, doing those things. I've actually, so I have a journal. I bought a new journal maybe four months ago. And I've been, I have not written a word in it because I've been afraid to. Because one of the things that you said was that, um, you know, you have to understand the path that it's going to take you to get somewhere. So whatever you want, whatever your goals are, you have to understand that you're going to have to sacrifice for them. And there's very, very, you know, if you want to be a billionaire or whatever, you have to understand that you are going to work 24 hours a day until the end of forever. So if that's the lifestyle that you want, then okay, you can set that as your goal. Understand that, hey, you've just locked yourself into that. You know, if you really want to achieve it, you've just locked yourself into that path. So because I have experienced the set your goals and then kind of pay the toll and then achieve your goals road and my goal now in theory is pretty lofty, I've been afraid to write down exactly what I want. And this kind of goes back to all the resistance thing and all that. But because I know what the toll is that I potentially would have to pay and what that looks like. Well, you know what you should do is when you get up in the morning, 
if you just do, and it doesn't have to, you don't have to like do this for an hour or anything, but get up and do like 15 minutes of just free writing where you're not necessarily writing for any goal per se. You're just putting pen to paper and just writing what comes into your head. It doesn't have to make sense. I mean, you could talk yep. about elephants, you could talk about cats, you could talk about work, you could talk about whatever. But a lot of times, just getting up and, and dedicating that 15 minutes of free writing in that journal, you'd be surprised um, what kind of comes out of the pen. But do it without thinking. You yep, know? And if you just do really it every idea. morning. So even if you get up, like I started getting up an hour earlier than I normally do. Mm -hmm. So I would normally get up at 7.30. I'm a sleeper. I like my sleep. So now I get, so now I get up at 6.30. And I get up, I make my bed because, you know, that means you've accomplished one thing and your day hasn't yeah. even started yet, but you made right. your bed. Um, yep. And then I'll sit and I'll like free write for a little bit and then I'll do a 25 minute Pomodoro, which is like a Pomodoro is sort of like a, a, a way to organize your time. So mm -hmm. it's a 25 minute snippet of time and then you have like a five minute um, kind of rest period. So I'll work for, and it's 25 concentrated minutes. So if, if How do you I spell get, that? it's like a Pomodoro, like a tomato. Pomodoro, P like a tomato. Yeah. P-O-M-O-D-O-R-I, I guess. Pomodoro. Um, you can look it up. It, it was, okay. it was not invented by a guy with the name Pomodoro, but it was invented, I think by an Italian guy. Um, but okay. it's, a, it's just a great way to like streamline your, streamline your productivity so that in the morning, if I get up and do a 25-minute Pomodoro, it may mean literally I, I will go through a month of emails in 25 minutes because I'm super yeah. concentrated. I play some theta music in the background, like binaural beats, you know, because it's supposed to help con with your theta waves to help with concentration. Mm -hmm. um, and then some mornings I'll say I'm going to get up and I'm going to get a podcast out. And it used to like take me 40 minutes to kind of do the whole thing. Now I do it in like 20 minutes. You know, because I know I only have 25 minutes to do this. So right. I'll record the intro. I'll put it all together. I'll put it all up on. I'll get all the social media done and I'm done. Yeah. So no, that's, uh, that's and then, a big one. And then I'll work in Pomodoros throughout the week. So, I like that. I'll definitely look into Pomodoros for yeah. sure. So it might be like, okay, I'm going to spend, you know, if I come home for lunch, I'll spend half an hour eating and I'll do a 25 minute Pomodoro, which is no distractions, no nothing. You know, so I have to get ready. For for Monaco. So I'll probably do like two or three Pomodoros this week and it'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's easy. It's so funny. It's because, because it's all a muscle. Like we think yeah. obviously as physical therapists, we think about muscles as like the musculoskeletal system and all that, but mu habits, habits are muscles too. Yeah. Which is weird to say habits are muscles too, but they are, they're something that you have to train and they'll get better. You'll get better at better in both creating habits over time and of accomplishing tasks within a refined period of time over yeah. time as well. And like when you do it for like 21 days, isn't that the thing? 21 or 30 yeah. days or whatever, then yep. that habit becomes a habit. And, you know, I went to a productivity workshop earlier this year with Chris Winfield and he kind of introduced me to a lot of this stuff and I have literally done it since January, and which how is did, how crazy. Does it, uh, how has it impacted you? I have so much more free time. Yeah. <laughs> there you know? it is. Like, so I have so much more. So like now on Saturdays, I just take the day off. I don't do any work on Saturdays, which is important. You need to have like a day off, you know, Good I shouldn't time. say like, I'll answer emails if they come in, but I try not to do anything on Saturdays now. So like I might binge watch, like I binge watched Santa Clarita diet on Netflix, which mm -hmm. is 
really dark and creepy and twisted and weird, but it has Drew Barrymore and she's adorable, so it makes it all fit together well. Um, but now, because I can work so efficiently every other day, I take Saturdays off and it's just a day that I just do nothing. And you need that because it kind of fuels you, fuels yeah. the soul. And I make sure I take my favorite class at the gym and I go out with my friends and I'll, you know, whatever. But it's important to take that one day because if you don't, you'll go crazy. Time off is, is major importance. And I think, uh, you know, that's kind of one thing that gets past um, entrepreneurs a lot is, is the personal wellness side of things. Mm -hmm. You know, you get because your mind gets so caught up in those goals that you need to achieve. And you understand, like the thought process always goes like I should be doing something because I would be achieving more. Um, that would be uh, definitely helpful. But taking the time off will allow you to center yourself, to center your mind, to get so much, so much, so much more accomplished um, in a short period of time. Yeah, absolutely. Like Sundays are my best day now. You know, like I'm, I get up on a Sunday at 7.30, I work out, and I can work all day without a problem. Yeah, and get that's like awesome. a shit ton of work done. Yep, Sundays um, are... Yeah, Sundays are good. Okay. <laughs> Sundays are good. Sundays are good. Sundays are a good day. Okay, so let's kind of finish up with I think that that was good. I'm glad we we got a lot of that in. So I expect to to hear that you're journaling within the next week or two. Even I if you just free write, just free write no. it. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't even have to make sense. Yeah, you know? I think free writing is that because that goes into the whole habit thing. So if yeah. I can form the habit of actually just writing into the journal, then the next step would be writing with intent. Yeah, and that's habit exactly. number two. Exactly. Okay. So last question is. Um, and I ask this to everyone who comes on the podcast. So, uh, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself as a new grad, as a new PT grad? Start immediately. I would say, you know, quit letting all of, so I just need to tell a quick story here yeah, and, and it's, I guess it's not a story, but it was my mindset. So in school, in undergrad, you know, my thought process was, I'll figure out what I'm going to do after grad, you know, after I graduate. Then that's when I'll figure it out. And then eventually I decided to go back to physical therapy school. And then in physical therapy school, I thought, you know, because of what people told me, people always told me, you decide what type of clinician you'll be when you graduate. So what that meant to me is everybody graduates and it's the same for everybody when they graduate. You know, everybody graduates as an equal. It doesn't matter your GPA. doesn't matter what you do during school. Everybody graduates when, uh, as an equal. And then you decide, you know, what you want to be as a clinician. But what they don't tell you is that success and, and achievement and those things are built upon action taken over time in a specific direction no matter what it is. So my advice to myself would always be to just stop whining in your head, stop doing whatever, and start doing something that goes towards your actual goals right now. And uh, that would be the big one for me. No, yeah, I think that's great advice. I think that's really good advice. And now is there, so we're kind of finishing up here. So is there anything that we missed is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with? I feel like we covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> yeah, I think we covered a lot. That would have been the point that I wanted to leave people with is, is your mind is going to tell you to not do things. It's going to tell you to stay safe, stay in your comfort zone, do the things that you've been doing. 
And then, you know, the other part of your mind is going to complain that you're not getting results and, and it's going to be fearful that you're not doing things. Don't listen to that side. Listen to only the fact that you need to start doing some stuff to, to move towards your goals now, whether it be, you know, I, I would recommend, obviously, like I said, just get on Twitter. Get on Twitter. If you, if you have any goals of any type as a physical therapist, get on Twitter and start networking because networking is the way that you're going to really advance your career very quickly. Everybody in your life has probably told you it's not what you know, it's who you know, and you've disregarded that as something of fantasy, you know, uh, no, I'm going to know the most, so I'm going to, you know, I'll be the best and that's all that's going to be important. That's absolutely important. But if you don't know the person who can help you get the job with the Los Angeles Lakers, you're never going to get the job with the Los Angeles Lakers. I know someone that works for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, that will make it easier for you if you wanted to get the job with the Los Angeles Lakers than it would for someone else coming up because one of the requirements for them getting that position is going to be meeting someone that can help them get the job with the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so now where can people find you? This will all be in the show notes, but where can people find you? Yeah, the you can get me uh, anywhere. So you can get me on email, brett at covalentcareers.com, C-O-V as in Victor, A-L-E-N-T, careers.com. You can search me on Facebook, Brett Kestenbaum. You can get me on Twitter at Brett KDPT. Uh, those would be the easiest ways to get me. You can look me up on LinkedIn. If you send me a request on any platform anywhere, I will accept it. If you send me a message, I will definitely get back to you for 100% certainty. And if I miss it, then it means, I don't know, it ended up in outer space and never got to me. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on and talking for quite quite a long time. We may have to split this into two. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun, and and I enjoyed it. Great. And everybody, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week, and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.